Hello, hello, this is Alicia Young, and welcome to Teach Me Freedom. This podcast is about learning how to live a freer life from authors, entrepreneurs, and experts. Those who have done it and who teach others how to do it as well, and what it feels like while applying those methods to our lives along the way. Every episode will deliver resources, anecdotes, and or reviews to support you in living a more freedom-filled life. Let's jump in. Please note the video version of this episode is available on YouTube at Teach Me Freedom. The link is also mentioned in the show notes. Enjoy. I am so excited uh, to bring you our guest on today's show, our guest expert, who is Dave Ruel. He's the creator of The Epic Company, and he's the writer of Done by Noon. The book we'll be discussing here. And he's also the creator of this wonderful tool, The Epic Planners, which I've been using for close to two years now. So really excited for him to be on the show. And we'll just start by really discussing how we first met, and then we'll kind of go from there because I'd really love for you to hear from Dave and some of the questions I'm so excited to ask. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. The, the, the way we met, because, well, I think, I think uh, I was speaking at Megan's, uh, at Megan, uh, Megan Walker's event in Toronto yes. and, and you yes. were there, right? But um, I, I think, think I went to the one after that. I think I went to the the one okay. in 2019, I think. But yes, I did attend one of those for sure. Yes. But you you became like uh, you you, you became so you know of us through uh, Megan, I think, right? At first. Yes. Yes. And and, and I remember. So uh, here's the thing: I, we have like I have you know Cedric and I have Chloe at customer support, and they were both on vacation, right? So I was like, you know what? No worries, guys. I will, I will cover for you. I mean, usually like it's pretty smooth and, and, uh, and we don't receive that many calls. So we have, we have a 1-800 number, but you know, usually all the, the, the support is done through the, you know, ticket, the ticket system. And we receive a call through uh, the 1-800 number. It was actually redirected to my, to my phone line. And I, I talked to you uh, and I remember you was like, you know, how come the CEO is like answering? I was like, well, you know, it, they're on vacation. I'm filling over for them. I'm like, let me know. I'll check on it. And it, it was something with your order. I can't remember what it was. Yes. Yeah. And then we chatted. And yeah. So there you go. So, and uh, we made sure that way. And after that, uh, we, you became interested in the certification we were launching. And then obviously you became an FX certified coach. And, uh, and then, and we kept in contact, well, obviously, you know, you're, you're in the ethic environment now, so we keep in, con- in contact <laughs> regularly, but, you know, but you're always, here's the thing I like about you, Alicia, is that you are always have a smile on your face. <laughs> always. I, even though like sometimes like, Hey, can you guide me on this or that? But, but you always like have a smile on your face and it's always fun you know, to be around you. Thank you so much. That means that means so much. That means a lot. Thank you. I'm I'm so grateful to to have to have met you through through Megan and learned about like your tools and just your whole philosophy. So I'm really grateful for that and I'm I'm excited about the changes that I've seen in my life and my business and just my perspective on time and and really realizing like one of the biggest things that I recognized from your book and we're going to jump in and actually um, you're going to read us uh, some bullet points from what your book is about but you've really taught me some important things such as the importance of self-leadership to be able to even 
lead or or make your goals come true we have to lead with ourselves and uh, and taking that self-responsibility and really when you emphasize the importance of our time the importance of our creativity you really had you really shifted my perspective on what I do is what I contribute to the world and you help me to value my creativity and <laughs> realize that that is that is what drives everything that we end up building or or what we end up putting into the world so you really helped me to um really appreciate that much more and want to take better care of it so thank you for that and <laughs> so would you like to walk us you're welcome page six of of your book about what we can expect to learn from and implement with the done by noon book i i love it and i love that you highlighted so much of that oh book. my you goodness there's so many recording. highlights in here i want to read this annually the inside pages now match the cover, right? The cover is, is yellow and yellow in there. But, you know, we, we're going to expand on different points. But the, the main thing with Done by Noon is that, and if I tell you about, you know, if I tell you, you know, what if you could be done by noon, it's going to obviously appeal to you from something because of something that you ha don't have or that you don't have anymore. And that thing is freedom. And that book really is to make you understand how you can better reconnect with, I would say, the three freedoms, which are your freedom of time. Because when we start a business, we want to do things when we want. As you said, your creative freedom, which is, in my opinion, the most important freedom. <laughs> because as entrepreneurs, that's the one thing that we have that sets us, you know, set us apart from you know, other people is that to have that creativity but also have that freedom of expressing that creativity. And more than often when we start a business, that's what we want. We want to work on what we want, but then we drift away from that because obviously we get busy and there's other things that happen in our lives and our businesses. And uh, we end up drifting, you know, from that. And the third one is your, obviously your financial freedom. You want to make a living out of it. You want to be paid, you know, to do what you do well. Right. So these are three things. Um, so pretty much we're going to, in the book, we talk about how you can accomplish more by noon than other entrepreneurs in a full day. So what to do in less than 20 hours than what you used to do in 40 hours plus. Uh, we talk about different, you know, high performance routines and rituals that you can implement in your life. Um, really how to, you know, multiply your productivity by focusing on the two types of tasks that really, really move the needle in your business. We call them the power moves. And, uh, and so we can, I assume we're going to talk about it later now, later in this, uh, in this, in this chat, um, you know, and how to really harness, you know, how to manage responsibly and sustainably your three finite resources that you have as an entrepreneur, your time, your energy, and your attention. And it's not easy as an entrepreneur, but we look at it through, I would say, an efficiency lens. And we have an efficiency first approach to productivity that we can also talk about. But it's, it's, it's you know, as much as it is, as we have systems and we have, you know, different tools that you can implement as much as it is, a mind, as you said, you know, a mindset shift that I want you to have, you know, for, 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 for your business in your life. Absolutely. That's so beautiful. That's so well said. And honestly, like hearing those points, I just, I was like, okay, teach me how to do this now. Like I need to know how to do this now. And I feel like a lot of people <laughs> feel the same way because our time is precious. And, and oftentimes we may look back and be like, oh, well, I mean, 
look at all these hours that we've already lived and um, going forward really want to do things differently but it's like how do we actually do that differently what actions do we need to take what systems do we need to put in place and what mindsets do we need to shift in order to make these things reality so thank you for sharing that and one of the one of the the um, exercises I wanted to share because this was very monumental for me. Um, so as some of you may know, I'm currently a I I do have a business. It's called Eat and Live Free, and I'm also an author. And so building those sides of my life, but I'm also in the working world as well. So I'm I'm also working in the in the real world, not just completely in my business. And so um, this exercise was a big deal for me because it made me think about about is it worthwhile to do everything yourself, especially when you're starting up or building and have a limited amount of time. And so this is a drifting cost cost exercise. Um, and and basically before we actually discuss it, I, I, I noticed that it was um, an exercise that helped us to determine the value per hour of doing something versus something you really emphasize in the book, which, which is delegating or outsourcing um, different tasks. And so can you speak to more about these, you talked about these different zones of geniuses. So can you walk us through what those zones of geniuses are and kind of a little brief description about each. And then I'd, I'd love to share about <laughs> how this has helped me to make some big decisions. And I'm, I know I'm gonna be using this going forward as well. Yeah. And that's a tool you're gonna keep using, you know, most of your life. And here's the thing, right? When you when you do something especially in business you don't know what you don't know you think that things are going to be a certain <laughs> way and they're they're not because you don't know what like we never really know what we're truly great at until we do it we never know what we really like until we try it and you know it's like chase, tasting food right like if you have a so you can assume that you can do something or not do something but it or like something or not like something but it's on, on, on until you actually taste that food that you're going to know, right? Like you don't know. And the same thing I think would work. And it's having that, that self-awareness piece of understanding that for yourself. And that's not going to be a perfect, you know, science, but we've developed that little exercise and that little calculation uh, to, to make you understand or realize how much money actually, because, you know, Humans are really good at understanding when we put a dollar amount to what they do. It's like going to cost you this. And it's not necessarily like what you, like what you lose for money. It's the opportunity cost. And it's, it's, it's extremely important even when you start. You know, I'm, I'm always like, okay, try to do things like see what you're great at and what you suck at. And that's what, you know, that's a great thing to go about it. But then it's having the self-awareness to understand okay, now here's what I'm really good at. This is the things that I should not be doing, right? And having a cost associated with it makes you understand better. So we have that, that, little, that little map and, and we, we go with the principle that there are things, you know, a handful of things that we do better than most people. And we call that your power zone. So it's a handful of things. Usually it revolves around what we call the superpower, which is usually one thing. And it's, it's very hard to pinpoint, you know, <laughs> exactly that thing and that's why we're saying like the power zone is everything that usually gravitates you know around that right nice. so if you can do things that gravitate around that and you can actually pinpoint what they are and that your actions and that you start focusing on that but understanding that in business business is composed of multiple types of tasks over different nature there's different contexts there are different you know 
uh, situation and situations. So you have to take that into account. But the core thing is that understanding what you are actually better at and the things that you are not that great at. So we talked about drifting a lot in the book, meaning that if you picture yourself, you're going from to you going to a specific destination and the fastest way to go there is in a straight line. But little by little, you start drifting, of course, until you're actually not on the road anymore and you're lost in some kind of wooded area and it's hard <laughs> to get out of because you're totally you know, lost in, in the dark shadows. <laughs> but that's the same thing in entrepreneurship. You know, we do things that like we oh we want this and all of a sudden boom 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 we start drifting. So there's different zones. So and which each zone there's a coefficient attached to it. So we call that the drifting coefficient. So let's say so you have your power zone, you have your average zone, you have your subpar zone zone and you have your ignorance zone. And you don't want to go there obviously but we all do at one point. And it's understanding you know, the opportunity cost. So the, the, the calculation based on that is take the amount of money that you make and divide it by the number of hours you work per week multiplied by the number of weeks you work per week. And you're going to get an actual hourly rate. Like that's how much money you're making per hour. And understanding that every single time you're drifting away within, you know, within your, your, your zones of activity, you will understand that there's a cost to it. So let's say, I don't know, your hourly rate is $50 an hour uh, and or $30, whatever. We'll say it's 50 because it's easier to multiply. But when you venture into, for example, your subpar zone, which has a coefficient of four, that means that you are not making $200. That means there's an opportunity cost of $200 per hour. And now you're going to have to understand that, okay, well, I'm doing all this and I, I, I do this for five hours a week. Well, there's a thousand dollars you are not making. And we're not talking about, obviously it's not an exact science, but it makes you understand that in the future, this is the, the, the amount of money you will be, you know, you're willing to kind of let go by doing that. It's like, you know, saying someone that every time you get drunk, you know, it takes away a week out of your life or something <laughs> like that. You're going to think about, okay, well, maybe I should not get drunk like that often because I don't want to die at the age of 37, right? Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I should be dead by now. I, <laughs> but, <laughs> no, no, but uh, I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's important to understand that. So, and it's part of, you talk about self-leadership, but it's part of the self-leadership process, which is composed, what I say, self, uh, first of all, self-discipline. So understand, understand that there's things, small things you need to do right. Understanding that, so self-awareness, understanding yourself, and it's a never-ending process. That's a great thing about it. You know, you're, what you thought could be a superpower and you realize that you do things and you realize that, okay, well, that's actually my power zone, but that's my true superpower, right? And you only do that by reflect and understanding and doing. And um, the self-respect, uh, piece of, of self-leadership. So self-respect is understanding, you know, your own ambitions, your own limitations, your strengths. And, and yeah, going back, you know, to, to that, that composes self-leadership and the better self-leader you can be, I can promise you that the better your business will, will be. There was a brief lapse of issues with the Wi-Fi, so you'll notice that the conversation takes a little bit of a shift here. Where, 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 where is, uh, is, computer technology in your zone of genius <laughs> is that in your power zone is that in your average zone 
That's a good question. I would say it's in my average zone. Um, definitely not my power zone, but I like technology and I've become more patient with it. I don't freak out as quickly as I used to in the past. It's definitely not my power zone. I don't necessarily <laughs> like it, <laughs> but I like the benefits that it provides. <laughs> I think a lot of entrepreneurs are like that, you know, where it's all like in our average zone, but you know, we do it, but there's a cut. That's a good, it could be a thing that you do, you know, especially with podcasts and, and looking at like different aspects of producing a podcast. Yes. There are things that actually it's a great exercise that you're really great at. And there are things you like, like show notes, for example, or like <laughs> I could try to do show notes. I was like, that is in my ignorant zone. I'm terrible at that. You know, let's look at the ways to delegate, outsource or automate that, you know? Yes. Yes. And just, have people who love doing that and who are great at doing that. Oh my gosh. Like, I'm amazed. Process. Yeah. We have Andrew who does ours and I was like, you are amazing. <laughs> I mean, how you do that? That's just normal. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> that's awesome. That, and that's the thing about like having a great team. You can all like bounce off of everybody's strength and become a strong mm -hmm. unit as a result of that. But that's the beauty of it. What you suck at, someone is actually great at it and loves doing that thing. So there you go. Absolutely. <laughs> and so my next question is uh, one of a relational nature, um, because something that I really admire about you is, uh, is the importance that you place on your relationship with your wife, Corinne. And mm -hmm. sorry, am I pronouncing her name right, Corinne? Yeah, that's perfect. Okay, perfect. Corinne. And then your two daughters, and it's, it's something that you've you write about in the book, you also mm -hmm. uh, discuss it in the course. And even with communications, it's so clear that nope, this is this is like non negotiable, you talk about <laughs> how you've structured your days to make sure it's non negotiable. And so <clears throat> that brings two questions. Um, but I'll ask you the first one. And then I'll ask you the next one is how do you think your life would be different if you didn't make these make these um, these changes so how do you think things I know it doesn't really help to think of oh this is how things would be because it's we're not living that life but when you decided to put these things in place like why was it yeah. so important to you and how do you think your life would be now when if you hadn't made those changes oh well I mean you know I think my family life life impacted a lot the way I operate you know in the world and I think you know a lot that's that's where you see like you know it, it's honest it, it pretty much goes back to everything you know understanding why you're in business in the first place and for me when i was doing that there was always you know we do the big picture exercise like you have the yeah. 13 questions in the book for example that you can answer but there's an exercise you you coach your students to with understanding like what you truly want ultimately and the big picture exercise helps you understand yes like you know, where you want to be and the things you want to do, you know, on the perfect day, but also it's going to highlight your core values. It's going to highlight not only what you value, but what your values are. And for me, it's always very clear that sustainability is, 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 is a big, big piece and loyalty as well is a big, big piece. And Everything I do in life is based around that. So I'm asking myself always the same questions that is this what I truly want for myself? And I had to make very tough decisions in my professional life, in my personal life to um, stay true to that. Like, for example, in 2016, when I sold by optimizers and, and then like uh, 2017 started Epic, um, kind of by accident, like as a result of that, but 
in 2016, I had bought into that supplements company uh, in 2014, and I was acting as the COO for, for two years, co-owner and, and CEO for, for two years. And we, we did great. Like we did really, really well, I turned around the business in, in 18 months uh, and, and the business was doing extremely well. But then uh, me and my two uh, co, so co-owners were like, okay, where do we bring them? And my two friends who, who are still the, the owners of the company, they, like, you know, they didn't have kids and it was a different reality for me. My, my youngest daughter was you know, turning two and it was a different vibe, you know, a different dynamic in my life. And they were like, listen, we really want to go pedal to the metal for the next three to five years. And we think we can bring it there. And I was like totally in with that, obviously with the mission and everything, because the mission, like, and I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm still a huge fan of bioptimizers and, and the company and Matt and Wade are still, you know, some of my, my best friends. But the, the decision was that it's not, the way I picture my life. You know what I mean? And even though we can say, oh, it's only two to five years. Okay, two to five years, my daughter's going to be seven. It's going to be five years where I'm going to be working quite a bit where this is not what I picture for myself. So it's not about, oh, I want to get there, but I'm willing to sacrifice everything in the meantime. It's understanding how I can be fulfilled by what I do but also stay true to my values. So I had to adapt things. I sold my shares of my company because like, listen, guys, it's just not like I'm, I'm, I'm not willing to do that right now. Like this is, these are my priorities. And, and it was great. You know, it, it was very true to myself. Uh, I'll, I'm also very clear now on the type of business that I want to run or how I want to have my days. You know, I kind of made peace as well. Like, you know, we talked about ambition appropriation. We talk about it in the book that um, it's, I'm not sure if that question was coming or not, Alicia, but I yes, think it's you, important you to talk ahead. about it. Awesome. <laughs> it. It's understanding that ambition appropriation, it's looking at other people's ambitions and thinking this is the way I should do. I, I should go about my own ambitions. And in the entrepreneurial world, we glorify money quite a bit, especially in North America. We glorify, you know, there's different things that we're like, we think we should have, but do we really want that? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I had to be very honest with myself, you know, and respect that. We talk about self-respect, but for me to become a better self-leader was understanding what type of what I wanted to have, you know, in my, in my life and my business. And for me, it was very specific, you know, that freedom of time and freedom of creative freedom was very important too. So that was a big important piece of the decision was like, okay, I'm acting as CEO right now. CEO is not about creating. CEO is about operating. And, you know, I can do that well. There's no problem. Like, I'm a great coordinator, but I'm an entrepreneur first. And I love creating. And I know that when I'm not creating, I'm miserable. So, or, or I can go about not creating for a little while, but I'm going to crave that. And then I'm going to go and binge <laughs> on creativity. Yes. And it's not good because you're going to create stuff that doesn't matter. And, yeah. and, and it's having that space for me to, to keep creating while, you know, having, you know, a sustainable type of business. So that was another part, you know, for me that it was not about the money. It was, re- and, and it was about some, the time, obviously, but also the freedom, the creative freedom. 
I wanted to keep creating all the time. And I know my patterns now with business and how it works and how it attaches to my values that sustainability is big and everything I'm building now, well, not now, like everything that I've built in my life was made to last. You know, I built my house not to resell it. I built my house to have it last, you know, decades and where I'm going to, my kids are going to grow up and leave at one point or not. Maybe, I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, um, but everything that I do is like with ethic, for example, that was another shift. It was understanding that it's like, okay, it's good to create, but your values are, you want it to be sustainable. That's why we shifted the model from coaching to, uh, to certification. So, you know, and, and you're, you're, you're an ethic certified coach. We're like, okay, if we want to have something that can live, that can live, even if I'm not there, for example, or the team is not there, you know, the best way to do that is to partner up with coaches who actually serve other people. And the more we're going to do that, the more we're going to impact people and the more ethic is going to have a life of its own. You know, it's going to have sustainability. You know, even if I'm not there, I hope this, the methodology or the philosophy of the work philosophy that, that backs it will, will live, you know, for, for a long time, you know, possibly forever. <laughs> oh, work will evolve. But I mean, you know, it's just like what we put out in the world will, will have sustainability. So, you know, it's very important to understand what your ambitions are. Uh, I digress. I can't remember what was the original question, but. Uh, you know, <laughs> ambition appropriation is a big problem. And, um, and yeah, back to, yeah, Corinne and my, and my daughters, you know, it's no, they, 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 they literally, everything that I do is based around not just them, but, but my, my whole family unit and work-life harmony. Yeah. Wow. That's so, so beautiful. And it's really cool to hear. Like it's, it's hard to believe that, like, I don't even want to think about if, if you had kind of stayed, if you hadn't really reflected on where you're going and what's important to you, because mm -hmm. then that may mean that this book and the planners and just the whole system may not just like such an easy way to put together productivity principles, but also how it connects to all of our lives and our mm -hmm. values and all of that. Like, it's hard to think of these things not existing. So it's, it's a big, it takes a lot of courage to especially when you're in a place and you're like, okay, well, this is kind of what I know this is what I'm used to. I'm good at it. Um, and then to be like, you know what, take stock and be like, I'm going to go in a different direction. Cause I, you know, cause you have a vision and these things were, were these on your mind at the time, by the way, or did they come later? No, do you mean the ethic principles or what we share in the book? Um, like the actual, like, did you have the idea that you wanted to eventually write a book about the ethic principles and, no. no, no, like it, it really like I here's the thing, like I, I believe like when you are, you know, your life is not just a collection of random things. Things are connected. The only thing is that you only see the connection when you turn around and actually spend time looking at the connections, you know, and finding the connections. Thinking that your life is just, a, you know, just a bunch of things patched together. It's just not true. <laughs> and, and, you know, for me, like when I, I started, I, you know, I was a, was a physique athlete before I was an entrepreneur and that was my, my passion. 
and my obsession too. And then after, when I discovered online, built, like direct response marketing and online business building, I kind of traded that, that, that passion for fitness to you know, another obsession for, for business. And, uh, and I realized that a lot of the things that I had implemented in my life were actually like in my personal and fitness life actually matched the way I should behave in the, um, in the, in the entrepreneurial world. But it happened because I, here's the thing with human beings. We are really good at understanding things when our backs are against the wall or when we hit rock bottom, you know? And for me, like I needed to burn out in order to understand that. Why are you doing, you're so great at doing this and you're not implementing that. And I realized that this is when I started like actually sitting down, look back and say, okay, <laughs> load management, it's a thing. You know what I mean? How can I apply load management in my, <clears throat> in my career? Understanding how to manage better my workload, right? Rest and recovery. Like it's, part, it's an important part of a workout routine. It's an important part of a program. How come I'm neglecting that in my professional life, yeah. right? Periodization, working in 90-day cycles. How come I do that in my, and I don't do that? And I realized I started putting things together and I started building things and understanding it. You know, it was fine-tuning. But then, I, you know, obviously I built businesses that way. It enabled me to like work better and work right. The, the thing is that working right also means that you are aligned you know, to what you want to do. And this is when, like, that's another reason why frequency of alignment is important. It's like looking back, but frequently, you know, understanding that, okay, I'm here now, it's great, but is it what I really want? And always asking yourself that. And when I, so when, when I decided to uh, sell by optimizers and then life, life is funny, you know, I, I had the opportunity to coach, you know, I was started always doing, uh, I was already doing some coaching, I was coaching some, you know, on, kind of on the side because people were seeing me building online businesses. Like, okay, we want to build online businesses too. Okay, we're like, why? Well, I want freedom. You know, that's all. That's all they wanted. They want time. They wanted creative, and they wanted financial freedom. And when I started coaching these people, uh, these students, I realized that ninety-nine, hundred percent of them didn't need more strategy, more tactics what they really needed was actually structure. And it's not native to entrepreneurs to have that type of structure. Even though, like, I, I looked at myself, like, you had it as an athlete and you were not even able to understand that. How can someone who's <laughs> never had that type of discipline and structure you had in your personal life, like, actually build that in their professional life? It's just not going to happen natively. They will have to burn out. They will have to. And I was like, okay, how can I show them that? Like, how can I show them my systems? And this is when I started like working with them and sharing them with them what I had built for myself. They were like, oh my God, yes, yes, yes. That's what I needed. And, and eventually it became, you know, standardized and, uh, and, and ethic was born. And, you know, it was more, and it was understanding as well. Like, why are we building all this? Like, it's not just a collection of tools. It's because you look at a training exercise, a training program. It's not just a collection of exercise, of exercises. There's actually a reason for the program to exist. There's actually a sequence. There's a reason for each exercise. There's a way to do a movement that has a purpose. And it was the same thing with what I did. And it made a cohesive unit. But the main thing is that, yes, productivity 
is what we all want. We all want to do more, right? <laughs> that we, but the key is like, how can you work right? Because there's things about entrepreneurship that, you know, there's one thing we're going to like, you know, that we're going to say right now is that entrepreneurship is hard, okay? It is not easy. It is hard. I don't think, but it's like anything else. You can love playing hockey. And if you're, let's say, a high professional hockey player, it's not easy to be an NHL player. It's actually very, very hard, you know, because you, you're playing against people who want to rip your head off. And, you know, <laughs> it, it is a survival sport, but you love the sport. It's the same thing with entrepreneurship. It's not easy. It's hard, but you love it, right? So it's one thing. It's hard. But people say, well, it's hard, but I work smart. Yeah, well, if you're not working smart, that's actually not smart to not work smart. <laughs> like just working smart means that, hey, you know, you're just optimizing, you know, your, the way you work. So you should always look to work smart. It's just a yeah. given. To you. Uh, the problem is that people looking, when you think about working smart, they think about hacks and collecting hacks will not make it a productivity approach. Just like a collection of exercise will not make a workout program. So the key to understand is how do I work right? So based on what? Based on the outcome, what do you want to accomplish? What do you truly want? Right? We talk about the alignment, the big picture, understanding that and start breaking it down into, you know, okay, that's my ultimate that I want. What about the next year? What about the next 90 days? What about my next week? What about my next day? What about my next action, right? So understanding that and putting that into context, um, so having that, but also understanding in the process how to properly manage your time, your energy, and your attention, right? It's understanding that, okay, if I want to go there, like I want to do it sustainably. And you're going to realize along the way that, the, let's say, like picture a mountain at the end of a long, long <laughs> road. And you want to get on top of the mountain. The goal is never to get on top of the mountain. <laughs> The goal is actually to enjoy the ride on your way yeah. there, always. And the more you're going to go, the more you're going to like get closer to always, always love us. Like picture you're in Calgary and you see, you know, the Rockies there and you want to go to the mountain. And as you get closer to the mountains, you see that there's more peaks. There's new mountains you never <laughs> thought were there. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is nice. This is great. I, I love it. And it's all about the journey, right? And the fulfillment through that journey that's important. But understanding how to manage your time, your energy, and your attention properly along the way. If you go full crazy, you know, you pedal to the metal with your car, you know, on that road, well, I can assure you it will break down. Well, it's the same thing with you as an entrepreneur. You need to understand, you know, that you're going to need to have some schedule. You're going to need to have things that you're going to need to pay attention to, and you're going to need to look into your energy and manage it properly. If you want your car to you know, drive sustainably, right? <laughs> and, 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 and yeah, so it's a whole, it's holistic. I mean, I mean it's funny because uh, what I say resonates with a lot of, of, of NDs like you, you know, it's, 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 I'm all about seeing it as a holistic thing. And not just like, again, collection. It, it's a whole. It's a yin and a yang. It's life and business. It, it's just a whole. It's how you're going to address that that matters. Absolutely. Yeah, I love how you put the, how you put the pieces together, how it all works together. And, mm -hmm. and starting with that, that idea of starting with the end in mind. But I, I also especially love how you said enjoying the journey. Because I feel like that's something that a lot of us forget. Because we get so tied to this is where I want to be. I want to be here yesterday. 
and then like it's not just like doing things because they need to be done and and getting frustrated by by different events along the way and not being enjoying not enjoying it anymore and then actually questioning did Mm -hmm. i even want to do this in the first place so I like that you mentioned that major point. Of we, get, we get caught up in that, right? It's so it, it, you see that. And you, when you coach people, you realize that a lot of people. Yes. Here's the thing. Like, that's what you're sold to, right? Quick yeah. fixes. Like, as North American, we're exposed to that all the time. Yeah. Take this little pill and it will pain will go away. <laughs> right away. But, it, but you see it in medicine, you know, the NDs and, you know, the MDs have different approaches. You want to do the same thing. Yep. This different approach is the same thing with productivity and and the way you approach entrepreneurship as a whole. Absolutely. Love that. Thank you, Dave. (laughs) The last question before I ask you your wrap up question is I wanted to know because you you explained that like entrepreneurship is is hard. You explained some of the reasons why. Um, And I would like to know how would you what advice would you share for individuals who are in relationships who are like, it could be romantic relationships, like it can be marriage, it can be dating or serious mm-hmm. relationships, even just relationships with close friends and family. Um, how, how do you best support them? For example, if there's a, there's a partnership where one person is now making that decision to explore entrepreneurship, how do they best stay connected? And if both people, because uh-huh. <laughs> my understanding yeah. is Corinne is also an entrepreneur as well. So it's like, yeah. How do you make those dynamics work so you yeah. can, and I know you've mentioned some things that you keep in your life, but you can speak more to that as well. Well, you know, and we're going to go back to what we said about the big picture. I think the, the thing, number one thing you should be doing as a couple is to do your own big pictures, like, <laughs> you know, do them separately. The thing is, and then you compare notes, you read it, you read them to each other. So there's two things that are going to happen. You're going to realize like, honey, we're totally aligned. We want the exact same thing. And it, it's great. Like if that happens, perfect. It's awesome. Um, and this is an exercise you should keep doing. Uh, we recommend you do it annually. Like every year you redo that exercise because things change and things evolve, right? Yeah. So that's one thing. This, the other case scenario is that you will do that and you will realize that we are not heading to the same mountain, right? So there's two things that can happen. I mean, obviously... You can ask yourself, is this the right relationship for me or not? Or, you know, or it's opening your eyes to other ways to do things or other destinations to your partner and say, oh, wow, okay, you want to head there, but I want to go to this mountain. But you know what? Let's move on and see if there's like a mountain that we see that we both like. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, here it is. You know what? I think a lot of people, like, for example, they're, they're really quick to jump to conclusions without knowing and when you do that you understand first of all what really motivates the values that are motivating you know that person to go there and usually you know even though it might look you want different things it's really the values that you have that will make it really stick together as a couple right so i I see karen and i you know loyalty is huge sustainability is big and we all have these type of so that doesn't mean that the road is not bumpy it is bumpy it is bumpy often you know but we learn to manage like hey when the road is bumpy we're going to slow down (laughs) and we're going to learn to deal with that you know we're not going to freak out we're going to and 
Yeah. So do that first. So first of all, um, do that big picture exercise, understanding that and understand again, that self-discipline doesn't happen overnight. It will be one supporting your spouse or, you know, your significant other to be self-disciplined. So implementing things in your life that you might not have implemented yet, but that's part of being a good entrepreneurial self-leader. Helping your uh, partner to be more self-aware, you know, so allowing that to happen, but through discovery, through, sorry for the words, but fucking up, <laughs> like, you, know, you will fuck up in your, in your journey. It's, it's, you know, it's inevitable. It will happen. Yeah. And also self-respect, respecting the other person for what they want. And, you know, the thing is that it's a journey again. Like you will understand things along the way and be like, hey, honey, like I like this more than that. And Karen and I talk about that all the time. Like we question each other all the time. We <laughs> question our, like, I reevaluate my life as a whole regularly. Like I'm just like thinking about things and what I want. And, you know, there's things that arise one year that were not just there last year. I'm like, should I follow that or not? You know, should I look into this? Should I, you know, and, and things change, things evolve, you know, and it's part of the certainty of, of living. <laughs> And especially as an entrepreneur is that things will change and yeah. you got to be okay with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing, sharing your words of wisdom, <laughs> especially because you have, like you have continued to make that a priority. And it's just, it's, I know it's something that a lot of, a lot of people, myself included is it's something that's of huge importance. And it's like, but when you're making a decision to go in a certain direction, it's like, how do you make things work or do your best to make things work along the way? So thank you so much for sharing that. Well, it, it, you know, it all goes back to like working out, for example, working out will always be hard. You know, it's not <laughs> easy. you will, it will be hard. Lifting always fun. Is hard. <laughs> it is, but it's consistency that matters, yeah. right? It's discipline. Like what, what's hard for you now will become easy, will be easy in two years. That doesn't mean that you're not going to be working out hard. You will, but it will not feel as heavy because you are used to it. Discipline brought that, you know, for you. So it's the same thing with everything where it's, you know, your, your personal life or your professional life. It's allowing time to do its thing, you know, staying consistent and aware and respecting that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Dave. And um, so the last question that I'd like to ask you is, um, what are three of your top books that you would recommend for those of us who are seeking time freedom, uh, financial freedom, creative freedom, and are looking for, and these books can either be things that um, are philosophical or things that are action oriented or a combination. So yeah, what, what, would, <laughs> what would you recommend? So here's the thing. I'm not an avid reader. I, got, <laughs> I, have, I have actually quite a bit of books, but I'm a weird reader where I don't, I never read, I rarely read a book cover to cover. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a few that I did though. And I, I'll tell you when they are, but uh, there's a, uh, I'm I usually go by topic. So if I want to know something, I'm going to go, I can take a book and I'm going to browse 
you know, the book and understand and see patterns. That's why academically it was hard for me because I was never able to just like memorize something and just like say it again. It was like, I need yeah. to understand it. I need to look for every angle. And that, I get that's the way I operate. But there's a few books I'm turning around here. I'm looking at my bookshelf, but there's one book that I really love called Built to Sell by John Warlow. And I always, I always recommend this book to people who have, who um, have more of a service business. So because you're so tied to serving other people, like it's very hard for you to understand processes and products and, and building projects that way because you're just so used to serve as a back and forth mechanism. And yeah. in the book, and it's a business, it's a business story. So it's it's there's lessons, but through a business story about how to actually productize your services to be more you know, streamlined and, and also focused on the things that you offer, but also where you can charge more money and have a sellable business in the end. It's a great story, but for people who understand that, hey, it's not just things that I do in my business. It's actually step one, step two, step three, step four, and step five in my offering. And that's my system. And that's what I'm offering. Like it just helps people gain a lot of clarity. I loved it. Uh, it was great. Um, what are the other books? Anything, so anything from Patrick Lencioni, uh, for example, uh, what do I have? Uh, the, uh, Getting Naked is great. Um, what is the, the Go-Giver? That's uh, Bob Bird. Love this book too. Great book. Um, I, I don't, I, that's going to sound weird, but honestly, <laughs> like Done by Noon is my, <laughs> I wrote it, but honestly, like it, it's, 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 I read it often, even though like, you know, I, I keep reading it in order to remind myself of everything in some ways or the system or, or, you know, things that I want to remind myself. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm still doing that or because I don't, I kind of don't think about it anymore because it's all, you know, embodied and I'm like, okay. And, and so, yeah, it's weird to say my own book is one of my favorite ones, but Oh, anyway, that's, that's uh, pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but what do we have? Um, I have a few ones. Rocket Fuel is fantastic um, because, yeah, Rocket Fuel by Gino Wickman and uh, John C. Winters. Um, it's about the relationship. If you're in a partnership, it really shows you the type of personalities that you have. And it talks about the integrator and the visionary and how this is the perfect combo when you have a business. And that's the reason why a lot of partnerships don't work and a lot, and why partnerships also work. I'm a big fan of par partnerships, but in the right context. And for example, Matt Galan and I had a business together before reading this book and are like, why, how come our business work well? You know, besides the fact that, you know, we, we like each other and, you know, we're friends and we have a weird sense of humor that only <laughs> us can understand. But, you know, but it's just we understood the, the dynamics between co-founders and what it takes, you know, the visionary and the integrator. And uh, as in that context, it clicked. So there's that uh, rocket fuel um, traction as well, which is a great system. Uh, you can you can read that. Tra I feel like traction, and I, I talked to I was actually talking to 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 someone the other day who's uh, who's um, an EOS certified implementer. So it's funny because we kind of do the same. I, I got inspired to do the certification based on EOS, and it's the same thing the way they operate, and it's kind of the 
some of the principles that they have are similar principles for the business side, like for the organization as a whole. What we share in Done by Noon is mostly for, you know, the, the entrepreneur, the person. All right. Yes, obviously, it's organized the way you approach your business and, and gen, you know, you approach your tasks and everything. But traction is really about the organization as a whole. And they both fit so well together that, you know, it was I, I always love uh, traction. And then there's so many other like books that I read. I read biographies. Uh, uh, I, I love biography. I'm reading Samuel de Champlain, Champlain's um biography right now it's like 800 uh <laughs> pages it's probably going to take me 17 years to, uh, i'm doing the same like i'm reading things and i'm like i'm uh, going back to his childhood and then going back to the, when he did, like when he, he started hanging out in my area where <laughs> right now anyway um and there's so many books right now i'm reading a, like uh the new fish wave right now which is a book on sustainable uh sustainable fishing and creation of marine byproducts in iceland which is totally weird but i'm totally into that right now okay uh, yeah i'm yeah i'm reading that's this kind of stuff. different but yeah yeah that makes sense yeah um that's funny because see that's part of my core values and i, I created a non-profit uh so we incorporated not too long ago but i created a non-profit here for my community in the Canadian oh. peninsula here in new brunswick where all and it's based on 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 different on different approaches and and obviously what they're building in Iceland where we we got inspired by that but also based on uh, asset based community development and that's another thing I'm geeking out on right now <laughs> it's like it's the way like because sustainability is such big part of my core values that bringing that to my community is is is, is important and we have actually an an, an economic engine where uh, we help entrepreneurs. First of all, number one is that we help entrepreneurs become better entrepreneurial leaders. So there's a lot of things that I teach at Epic that you know I, I brought to this nonprofit to teach local entrepreneurs to become better entrepreneurs. But second, we have uh, another piece that um, creates projects for the community. So for example, we started uh, a community warehouse and fulfillment uh, center here in the peninsula where entrepreneurs who have e-commerce businesses can come get good warehousing and fulfill their orders from the peninsula here because there was no infrastructure. And the, the thing is that this structure, this is kind of a little business in the business generates <laughs> profits and the profits are being redirected are are being uh, put into a fund. And this fund is to actually use that as leverage to create new projects, which will be profitable. And the more, all the profits go back in the pot and the pot serves to create new projects. And we do that. And, and the goal is that hey, in 20 years, we're going to have 10 very profitable small businesses that bring money to that. And the great thing is that entrepreneurs see that as like, how can we collaborate with you guys? How can we help? How can we contribute? And we're getting contributions. We're getting sponsorships as well because local entrepreneurs sponsor younger entrepreneurs in order to um to to become you know the next generation of leaders and we have community uh uh donations it, it's fantastic like we're building something that is so totally like <laughs> sustainable and um and yeah you know it's a big big you know the more i go it's funny because the more i talk about it the more i realize that 
that's kind of my superpower is to make us something sustainable. And yeah, everything that I do professionally is just based on that. But I'm very, very, very into this right now. So I'm really excited <laughs> on this. Yes. Yeah. That makes total sense. Wow, that was that was so cool. Thank you. Thank you for, for sharing all the resources that you suggest that we look into and more about your nonprofit and the different um that kind of compounding effect that you're you're helping or contributing to generating and excited to hear about how that how that continues to build down the line as well. I yeah, I can't wait too. I mean, it, it's just the beginning right now. I'm putting it all together with a group of local entrepreneurs. <clears throat> We're, uh, we're seven on, on, on the board right now. And uh, yeah, it kind of originated from kind of an idea of what we wanted for the community. And, and uh, so I brought my knowledge. Other people brought their, their resources and, and we've built that. And uh, it's for, for, so here's the thing. We're very targeted to with uh, French speaking com- rural communities on the Canadian East Coast. So we have a many, many, many communities here that, are they rely on fishing as their main resource right so they, they fish they historically they take the fish they fillet the fish they sell the fillets for a little profit and they just exploit the resource and that's all they know how to do and we're like well first of all what they do in iceland is that they have a movement called 100 fish that how can we produce or we can transform like more of the fish so instead of just filleting the fish and having 50 percent that we just, you know, which is more of a business mindset. How can we have more of an entrepreneurial mindset and say, okay, can, how can we take the extra 50% that is not being transformed and create byproducts with it? So right now we're looking, for example, to create marine collagen with, uh, with different types of fish waste. We're looking to create um, different, different products, whether it's, uh, it's supplements or food or, or, even clothing or things for far, like we're looking into all, all this in order to, to, to do that. And uh, so there's different projects and tests and we collaborate with research institutes and yeah, it, it just, cool. it's fun. But because of that, you know, we're trying to expand the entrepreneurial mindset and culture into smaller rural communities who usually don't have access to it and helping them and enabling them to create, you know, these assets for the community that are going to generate profit and ensure um, economic resilience to, uh, to, to their community. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. I can't wait to see like, what, you know, we'll talk in 20 years and see like, Hey, remember we talked about this? Yes. That's absolutely phenomenal. Wow. I'm, I'm so impressed because I did not know. I had no idea about that. It's just phenomenal. That's amazing. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Dave, for being here. Really appreciate your time and all the knowledge that you've shared. So grateful to have talked to you and everybody, please check out the show notes. We're going to be talking. I'll post the information that Dave had shared and some other information about Epic and some other stuff as well. Thank you again, Dave, for your time and wonder- wishing you and your family a wonderful day. Thank you. You too, Alicia. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Teach Me Freedom podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and found it beneficial. Feel free to reach out to us at teachmefreedom2020 at gmail.com. And if you haven't done so yet, subscribe to the show on your favorite platform for streaming content. Feel free to comment and leave a four or five star review if you feel so inclined. Connect with you next time.